Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Oh, hello. Welcome to Ruin. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And it's a podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for all of you. Um, before we get into how we're doing, because I think the baseline for everybody right now in the world, no matter when you're listening to this and when we're recording this, is terrible. Um, I We've talked about this, and I'll take the lead on saying that like I we at Ruined really watching the horrific violence happening to Palestinian people in Gaza is so devastating. We absolutely 100% wish for, call on our reps to give a ceasefire. It is, yeah. this is inhu- This is inhumane. It is absolutely one of the most horrific things I've witnessed in the way that we watch the news now. And it's so easy to call our reps. It's so easy to like ask for less civilian death. And that yeah. has no bearing on whether we want, obviously we want the hostages back safely. We want the people of Gaza to be safe. We want the people who live in Israel to be safe. We want everybody to be not harmed. And I think I think that at least I believe, and I, I think you can uh, speak for yourself, Allie, that the way to do that is a ceasefire. And we really, really hope and want and, and hope that other people participate in in demanding that from the people that we've elected. Yeah, um, I completely agree. We Obviously, we've been talking about this as sort of the news is unfolding. And I think, um, you know, it's like it would be disingenuous to not acknowledge like there's like a geopolitical mm-hmm. catastrophe happening. And uh, I think as an American, we it is our responsibility. Like we are funding it and we know that. And our president and many of our elected officials have pledged an unlimited amount of money to a, a, a tragedy. And I think, unfortunately, that is the history of America. Um, I talked to my dad about this, and he was a um, conscientious objector during the Vietnam War. So basically, and, yeah. and, you know, we are Catholic in the, you know, there's a Catholic social teaching. Catholics who believe in that part a lot. You know yes. what I mean? Like, I, unfortunately, I, they're Catholics who are kind of like just about, uh, you know, not, uh, no one can have an abortion, but like, and, and I think yeah. there's sort of, we're back there again. You know, we are watching America fund something that is horrific and we know it's horrible. And we have to, as uh, citizens, do everything we can. Obviously, I think Elizabeth Warren just called for a ceasefire this morning. This is, we're recording this on the 17th. So it's like our, 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 it does work. Our reps yes. are, you see more and more elected representatives doing something about it. And that's, they should be doing that. Like, we have that's to feel job. like we have some kind of power, you know, and, and voting is good, obviously. But, mm-hmm. you know, if we voted you in, you have to be doing what we want. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, I I, I definitely, I've said this before, like, I, I, as someone who didn't know much about what was going on, I think, like, a lot of us has learned which, a lot. Which is most people. And, Absolutely. And don't believe everybody who's like, actually, like, this is not a 
a crisis that in America we're very well educated about. And in general, we are not particularly aware of what's happening geopolitically across the globe outside of our country and within it. So we're all entering this, like, fresh and looking at something really terrible. And I do want to talk about just one thing that happened this week because I feel like this is the kind of stuff that's going to be happening and it's good for us to talk about it in terms of like people who are being inundated with a lot of information and a lot mm-hmm. of like some of its misinformation, a lot of horrible mm-hmm. videos. But recently, I, I don't know to the level that people were actually watching it, but like the the thing this week was like, oh, people on TikTok were like reading and oh, sort yeah. of supporting the Bin Laden letter to America. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to talk about that is like, this is a great example of how in America, we are not educated about propaganda, right? At all. At all. And so there's going to be a lot of that going on every which way. And people reading that letter, as Americans, we where we do not engage with America's history of global imperialism, when they read... Osama bin Laden saying things that are true and then connecting them to a horrific anti-Semitic, anti-queer mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. message. Mm-hmm. There are people who are going to be reading that and saying like, well, I'm just finding out about all this. And and some of the things he's saying are literally true. Mm-hmm. And because in America, we do not acknowledge our role in so I mean, we the CIA has supported coups. Like, and this is not me talking. Like, this is like, just, you know, no you could go to any source. Like, we have, and when, because we do not, deal with our history in the world, we then open up all of these rifts for propagandists, which Osama bin Laden is, and a mass yes. murderer, like, to for someone who does not have that education because we prevent them. I mean, like, it, it, again, like, Florida, George DeSantis, I don't even know, like, what the plan is for those kids to, like, go to college. Like, when no. we take history, then we are, then when somebody reads something like that, it's like, well, but some of it's true, right? And that's, that's what propaganda is. It's like using yes. true things to convince people of horrific of things ends, that are not true right? and should not be true. Yeah. And I think the the uh, I don't know whether because because I think we sort of keep our lens to America. It's easy to be like, oh well, they're stupid, and it's like mm-hmm. it's actually more complicated. It's propaganda. This is what right. it always does. And we're Americans. We're inundated with pro-America propaganda like all the time. Exactly. So it's like we're all going to be seeing stuff, and we all have to keep in mind that like. I do think baseline throughout all of history, and that includes, again, Vietnam. I mean, I protested the Iraq war. Like, Mm -hmm. we have to be the check on what our government does. People have to be a check on their own governments. And it is unfortunate how frequently our government doesn't listen to us. Anyways, I just want to say that because I I feel like seeing people say, like, well, they're stupid. It's like, no, no, it's actually much more complicated than that. We have to be honest about how people can be convinced of things that are horrible so I think this is my perspective. It's like, we have to always be against civilian death. Like it, there's yes. no civilian death that is like, well, Justified but those people had to all. die. Nope. We have to be the, not the like governments. Not one. Yeah, not one. Like governments clearly don't believe that. So we as people have to believe it and have to do what we can to make that true. As civilians, like I, that. that's, you know, like to me, that is what it comes down to is like, these are just regular people who are being affected by this. Anyways, we just want to say that, you know, you're watching the news, yes. you know, um, and I think like, you know, what's some, when something is wrong. Like, I do feel like unless unless you are manipulated away from the truth, which they are, unfortunately, all the time, you know that these images are horrible and that's because they are. So, yeah. Um, yeah but again, our heart goes out to anyone who has to deal with this on the ground and like Ugh. it lives in terror of this. I, I 
again, we it's a true privilege that we live here and 100%. experiencing it through our phones, you know, but we have to then, what can we do from where we're at? You know, how yeah. and how can we educate ourselves about it? Um, anywho, uh, well, that's where we're at. and That's um, where we're at, and we want, you know, we want that to be clear, um, and now it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we have no idea when you're listening to this what is happening, and we can only hope that I it know. is getting better, not worse, but I unfortunately... I'm a realist, and I'm not entirely sure that that will be the case. So, um, yeah, everybody, take care of yourselves, and thank you for joining us in Politics Corner. Yes. And um, before we get into it, I do. Have to, I have to say something. I had the best English muffin of my life. Today. Lay it on me. Tell me about it. Tell me all my friend Andrea, about it. Uh, a friend and fan of the pod uh, mm-hmm. who lives uh, in my building, went to San Francisco and Napa Valley on a little girls' trip Ooh. with some friends, and came back and was like. I brought you a bag of English muffins. <laughs> and I was like, tell me everything. What a good friend, first Honestly, of all. Honestly, the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. And she um, she, had, she had had one at, I believe, some bakery or something and was like, she bought a bag for herself and a bag for me and froze them. And so I just had the first one. I had it, she, brought, she gave them to me like a week or two ago. It was, I mean, look, I love a Thomas's. I love a Bay's. I love, I'll eat any English muffin. I love the English muffin for the breakfast sandwich at Winter Bakery in Park Slope. But like this, I was like, oh, everything Damn. else is garbage, and this is all I want to eat for the rest of my life. It's also <laughs> the size of, like, a hamburger bun. Oh, um, hell yeah. So it's like, you're getting a lot. Because, like, sometimes a Thomas says you eat it, and you're like, I could have three more. Yeah. Um, this is a big, for the buck. a big, large, gorgeous, preservative-free, fresh, crispy, chewy. I put ricotta and hot honey and everything bagel seasoning on it. Oof. It was so good. I just, I, 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 it's the, it's, it's like the best thing that's happened to me in weeks. My mouth is, is salivating. I know. I'm going to have trouble recording while I'm thinking about making another one. <laughs> also, it's like, can you replicate that? That's my question. It's like, well, you can't easily go get it, right? No, I can't. So can you try to replicate it at well, home? I have Would you? A, I've got like, I think it's a pack of eight in my freezer. So at least if I'm, I can like parcel them out to do like, yeah you know, one or two a week, and I'll, it'll get me at least through the end of the year. But, that, you know, then I'm fucked. I wonder if they deliver and, like, if I can just, like, order them. Yeah. I would, pay, I would that pay. brand, like, Gold uh, Belly, that I feel like a lot of places yeah, yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, question is, are you willing to pay $70? It's going to be that kind of, like, I am mean, I paying 40 bucks be. for listening? This was so good. <laughs> As a holiday treat for yourself. Damn. Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, that sounds delicious. Um, anyway, shout out to Andrea for giving me English muffins. Thank you. <laughs> um, that's all that's new with me. Andrea, God bless. Um, uh, what's new with me is, as I told Allison, I have a shocking turn of events is that I've been getting up before dawn to go running, which is very much not something that I used nope. to be able to do. And I was sort of debating talking about being medicated and like specifically talking about what kind of medication I'm on. So I don't know. I, I, I'm still thinking about that, but I am medicated for yeah, the future. Like, save that for the Patreon. Um, <laughs> yeah, subscribe now if you want to know what medication I'm on that's work- actually working. <laughs> Um, uh, our Patreon just becomes um, us listing prescription drugs we take. Yeah, and also it's like if you, hey, if you're a prescription drug that wants to pay me, I'll, I'll mention yeah, pay the, me. I'm I'll on take your you. drugs. Yeah, but it's but it's really interesting because I feel like it's uh, been very helpful. With uh, again, I have not been formally diagnosed, but I've been certainly talking about it for two years. ADHD. Um, to to feel like I have a handle on things, perhaps for the first time in my nearly forty years of life, mm-hmm. is very weird. So I, it's kind of like I'm learning to like. Uh, ride the wave of my new um, 
like sort of like be able to like, oh, okay, I have to like understand my brain in a different way. And right now my brain wants to go to bed at 8.30, wake up at four in the morning. Psychotic. And then I don't, I usually wait till five to go running because four is too, actually, there's nobody four out. Four is like, it's, it's danger. It feels more it's dangerous because it's yeah. still, like I it's consider dead four is part of night, but yes, five yep, is part of day. 100%. I actually try to go running at four and there's nobody else out. I mean, there's no one out anyway, ever in LA, but yeah. Yeah, but at least at five, there's, like, delivery trucks. Like, you'd yeah. be like, there's four, more, like, business going four, on. Even in New York these days, four is not. No, it's the no night. No one's out. It's it night. Is the night. Four, is, night. four is the end of the night. Five yes. is the beginning of the morning, so. A hundred percent. And three is the witching hour. And we mm, all, yes, of course. And then of several times, I took a video of it. Now I can't find it on my phone. But several times I've been running, and I've seen... And sort of encountered as a fellow runner the same three-legged coyote. Oh. And there is a very LA woo-woo part of me. I don't think it's there to be my friend. And also, I am so afraid of no. rabies. So in case you're my parents listening, don't worry. I always run away. I never get near it or good, anything. Good, good, good. Smart. Um, but it is so comfortable. And it is nice to just see a little guy running around. Yeah. It kind of feels like, like you're not treat. alone out there. Yeah, exactly. He's well, getting his steps maybe. in. He's doing a couch to 5K like I am. Oh. And I don't know. I, it's sort of like, oh, entering a new phase of life in a positive way. Mm-hmm. But also I kind of have to like relearn how to do everything and like set up my life, which mm-hmm. is good. But it's just a lot of work. You know what yeah. I mean? I just want to lay down. Um, but yeah, that's what, well, the only thing that's new with me. That's great. Well, what else is new is that we're in a new month. Hell Yeah. Um, this is, of course, December. How did that happen, Allison? I have How did no we get idea. Here? Good Lord. My and, God. And I believe this is your suggestion for the yes. holiday. We're doing a party theme. Yes. Uh, movies that parties. have or are based around or at least include one scene of parties because December is nonstop parties from top to bottom. And I feel like horror movies, like, parties are a big part of it. Like, I feel like there's a lot of horror movies that involve parties. We've talked about a lot of movies that are like centered around a party yes. or an event of some kind. So I felt like that was like a fun uh, way to end the year. And also I have a little pitch. Ooh, okay. Lay it it's on me. a gift giving season, gift buying season. If you have a friend who is a big fan of Ruined, you can buy them Patreon membership. I, oh, like that's... I think that I was like thinking like, I was like, oh, I buy other, subscri- I buy subscriptions for friends as gifts sometimes. Like do, you know, I've if never you, done that, and that's such a smart idea. If you love it, like, I don't know, just set it for three months or however much money you have and want to spend on your friend. Um, but that might be a fun thing that you don't have I'll, to worry about shipping and you don't have to worry about uh, the supply chain or anything. So I don't know. Just give, give that a thought. Absolutely, and I think uh, when you say that, it makes me think of all the hours that people will be spending in car in their yes. car or at the airport over the next you know month, two months, basically. Yeah. You know, a lot of content there. You know what I mean? Hours and hours of listening. To, this is fucking solid gold record. If yeah. you don't already, um, thank you for being our hype man, Allison. I just thought you know we're going to hype all these other products. We should hype ourselves every once in a while. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> um, so good. Uh, 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 unnamed uh, pharmaceutical medication, uh, English ourselves. muffins, English muffins, ourselves. and ourselves. Yeah. Um, alrighty. Uh, let so, us begin. It's oh, party sorry. month. Party month. We are kicking this off with from my off-requested movie I'm that was in theaters. People raved about it um, over the summer, and then of course, this talk to me, baby. And I had not seen it. 
We were kind of not, we, because of the strikes, we were trying not to do stuff that was in theater. Yeah, now or I even like, like recently. Yes, I, you know, yeah. it's, we just try, look, there was there were plenty of movies for us to do for the last few months, so yeah. it's not like we were at a loss. But I know this one has been top of list for a lot of people. And also, I can't like see the title of this movie without thinking of Here Comes the Rain Again. Like, talk to me Ooh. like lovers do. Are we allowed to sing on this? Probably not. I, I think so. We'll auto-tune it. We'll just auto-tune it. There we it. go. Yeah. I want to say we're allowed to do music. If we were to add that, it has to be less than nine seconds or something. So you could sing eight seconds of Talk to Me, but to what end? You know what I mean? And I can't. Even that version was really (laughs) bad. People are like, now I know less about what song you're trying to say. So anyway, go look up that song. It's a fabulous one, and that's all that's playing in my head when I was looking up this movie. Um, But yeah, people um, raved about this film. Is of course, a. it is from uh, Danny and Michael... uh, Filippo, Filippo, and I apologize to both those gentlemen. Yep. You did a great job, and I did a bad job pronouncing your name. But uh, a phenomenal film, if you ask me. It is Australian, so it is hard because I was immediately comparing it to the Babadook, you which know, which is feels unfair well, for any exactly, hundred percent. Um, and I would also like to pre-shout out the lead actress Sophie Wilde, who I had not heard of. It looks like she's been mostly in um, Australian projects. Mm. She's so fucking good in this movie. Nice. And it is a movie where she has she has to have a very very wide range because she starts it as a normal teenage girl who has to of course then go through a grueling supernatural ordeal. Oof, that's tough. Um, and she's she's absolutely phenomenal in this. And the only other person I recognized was Miranda Miranda Otto, mm. um, who has been in a, a million different things. I of course associate with her with uh, being in Lord of the Rings. Um, oh, sure. But yeah, if you once you see her, you know exactly who she is. Um, a a treat for the senses, a feast for the eyes. Um, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer. Allison, what did you think about the Talk to Me trailer? Um, n- no, thank you. Mm-hmm. I would not do this. I do not want to go to parties where people are doing this. I do not want to see that yeah. hand ever. Um, very scary trailer. I remember when it came out, being like, "Well, this is a this is not going to be one I'm going to watch." Now, is there were there any particular images that stood out to you as something particularly horrifying? There, there's like a fuzzy. I'm sure that there's like something about like trauma and grief um, in this, but I think she's like speaking to her dead mother on the other side, possibly. And she it's sure like, is. She sure we is. We get this like very grainy, blurred vision of what her mother might look like, and it was mm-hmm. just like. You're like, I know her face isn't normal, but I can't tell why yet. And it yeah. was real. It's like the un. I'd rather see the scary face, but the trailer just shows you this like before it comes into focus. Um, if it ever does, I don't know. But I was like, oh god, the unknown sometimes is much scarier than the known. Absolutely, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head, Allison. And um, what I like, one of the main things I like about this movie is that they do not overly explain what's happening. We don't oh, really I like that um, because it's a. Uh, much like many excellent movies, like we are, they're just a bunch of teenagers who have encountered some sort of supernatural apparatus. And instead of going on perhaps a quest to find its origin, they're basically using it to get high. And I think that's a very interesting uh, approach to yeah. what horror is and like what, what, uh, well, we'll get into the details, yeah. obviously. Um, and I guess the question is, uh, taking a baseline scary as we always do. Allison, how scary do you consider the concept of recreational possession? I mean, <sighs> bad. Like, bad. I think, like, also, like, 
I'm a I'm a a, a big uh, alcohol and marijuana consumer, and mm-hmm. I'm good. I like mushrooms. Yeah, like top it. Even like mushrooms. I'm like, I just like microdosing. I don't like full trips. Like I don't like. Mm -hmm. I really, it's not for me, but I can see how it is like a just like another. If possession were like a real thing, and like the demons on the other side were a real thing, I could see how easy that step is over from psychedelics and psychotropics. Like I just think that that's like, I get how people could get there. It wouldn't be me. Yes. I, I feel like with, with uh, I, I think perhaps I have the opposite where I'm like, you know what? I, listen, if I was at a party and people were doing it, it. I, you know, I wouldn't. And what this movie suggests is don't, don't. do that because don't that's that. uh, exactly how things uh, fall to shit. Um, but I do unfortunately think if this was normal or like if other people were doing it, I would assume, well, it's not that bad. As it turns out, Allison, if you can imagine, it does end up being that bad. Yes, so, I bet. Something to keep in mind. And, of course, it, it does operate in, in, um, in a large part as a drug metaphor. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of like, you know, what are you using it for? What does it give right. you? You know, do you, how often do you want to do it? Um, yeah. And then, um, finally, before we get started, would you like to guess the twist in Talk to Me? Ooh. Guess the twist. You saying it's a metaphor makes me now go back on what I was going to guess, but I was going to guess that, like, it's not that she's possessed when you touch the hand. It's that, like, the hand is made of some kind of psychotropic Ooh, or, like, okay. like that, that it's, like, it's, like, actually, like, you know how, like, people lick frogs and go on trip, yes. like, take a trip or whatever, that it's kind of something in that world. So it's, like, what feels like a possession is actually just, like, a mind-altered state from, like, chemicals and not actually being on the other side. Okay, and what and what would I, what would you guess be when I tell you that that's not what it is? That's not what it is. It's a metaphor. Um, I'm going to guess that she finds out her mom's death was, like, not what she was expecting. Like, maybe it's, like, it was sad, but it turns out she was, like, murdered. Okay, no, great. A murderer. A murderer. Mur- Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 cycling. I mean, you're circling around. Something. You're right in the right area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess it's a, it's about her mom's death and like the realities of who her mom was. Maybe. Phenomenal. Um, so let us begin ruining. Talk to me, baby. <clears throat> um, we open on a uh, an enraged blonde man, and he mm-hmm. this blonde man um, is like so many Australian men. I, I believe he's supposed to be either in his teens or early 20s. He looks like a 40-year-old yes. man. Yes. Like, he is like a... So, at first, I was like, oh, it's somebody's dad arriving at a at a, at a like a popping uh, high school party. Right. And he's looking. His name is Cole, and he's looking for his brother, Duckett. Again, we're in Australia. Australia. I assume that's what everyone's name is. Upside down and all kinds of wrong. And so, eventually, he finds the host who's like, oh, yeah, Duckett's locked himself in my bedroom. Cole... Immediately does the right thing, which is just bust the door down with his shoulder. I think it's like we've already we're arriving in the middle of the story. So Cole's like, I cannot have my brother locked alone in his bedroom. Okay, I'm getting through the door, and he's Australian, so he's the whole the thing just flies off its hinges immediately, and he hauls his brother out, and his brother Duckett looks does not look so hot. He's shirtless, covered in deep scratches. Oh no. And he turns to his brother and he says, Pop says you're going to hurt a lot of people. 
And Cole's like, are, probably right. Kind of assuming, like, oh, are you on drugs? Like, what, what's, what, like, what are you wasted? Like, what are you saying? And Duckett looks at him and says, you're not him. But Cole's thinking, I just got to get him out of here. He's fucked up. Unfortunately, Allison, when they walk through the kitchen, other kids start, like, filming them with their phone because Duckett's so fucked up. Like, he can't even walk. Mm-hmm. And Cole, as his brother, starts defending him, like, don't film this. Like, you're being assholes. And as he's yelling, I thought the sound design was so excellent in this movie. Ooh. As he's yelling, you can hear what is obviously somebody taking a knife out of a butcher's block. And then he turns and his brother stabs him in the chest. What the fuck? And every other party has the exact reaction you just did and screams and scatters. And if that wasn't bad enough, they're sort of standing in front of an open patio door. Duckett walks outside and turns and then he takes the butcher knife, which is still in his hand, and he stabs it into his own eye and he collapses while everyone in the party screams and runs and tries to get help. What a terrible party. It is. I'll, I'll, yeah, it's the party of the year, a party you're going to remember. Sometime later, we meet our protagonist, Mia, who's a teenage girl. Um, she is at what I assumed was a f- funeral. It's actually a sort of a, a memorial service. They refer to it as a Remembrance Day. I don't know if that's Australian or if that's some sort of faith tradition, but it is not an actual funeral. It is uh, the second year anniversary of her mother's death. So everyone's sort of gathered. Her aunt is there. Her dad has, you know, she and her dad have like an awkward teen dad interaction. And her aunt, Auntie Lee said, well, so do you know what you want to do after graduation? Do you want to work for your dad? And Mia is obviously not in a great place, you know? She's like, I don't even, you know. Afterwards, we see her sort of have that hostile, back-turned teenage uh, reaction to her dad, sort of trying as a dad to be like, oh, you sound like you're getting a cold. Like, she's sneezing. And she's like, yes, probably. Leave me alone. And he tries to be like, well, how was today for you? And she clearly does not want to get into it. But luckily her phone rings and it's a boy asking her to pick him up. So we we meet up with, I think Mia's supposed to be like 16. Okay. And these kids are uh, James and Riley. They're 14. So they're younger okay. than her, but, you know, all kind of around the same age. And James and Riley are smoking a cigarette near a basketball court. They've been skateboarding. And uh, James says, like, she's been selling cigarettes to kids at school. But Riley refuses to smoke. And James is like, oh, my God, you're such a fetus. It's not a big deal. And James also says, my stupid fat mom's going to come pick me up. She's probably busy sucking dicks. And I'm like, first of all, that guy just got a a Netflix special. And then second of all, I am not in a mood for teenagers. So every time these two talk, I feel like I I was like Dr. Phil. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I have some goddamn respect for your mother. Like, it's just like that annoying part. And I understand it's simply a part of life where you have to be an asshole or like be like, smoke a cigarette, you fetus. But it's like I I am past that part where I I want to interact with it even on screen. So we find out that Mia's picking up Riley, who is the younger brother of her best friend, Jade. Allison, on their way home, again, a beautifully shot moment. They're driving and they're singing in the radio and then both of their faces fall and Mia brings the car to the shoulder. And we don't know what they're looking at, but whatever it is, is not good. They're see- there's something that they're seeing though that's, okay. There's something in the lying in the middle of the road, Allison. <sighs> and so she pulls over, she gets out of the car, which I would say, don't do this. Yeah, don't do that. 
but unfortunately they encounter a dying kangaroo, which I, I think is kind of our version of a dying deer. So okay, the, the yeah. servant of Australia being a kangaroo. Okay, I'm interested. Australians, if you are listening, one, we're so sorry for already disparaging your country continent, but also, um, what is your servant? You, yeah. you tell us. You probably have actual servants. We yeah. don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. Um, and for a second, Mia gets back in the car, and there's a moment where it's sort of like, oh, is she going to hit it to put it out of its misery, right? It's right. dying. It's obviously dead. Right. And Riley's kind of like— You can't save it, and you won't. Yeah. yeah, like, Riley's saying, like, it's, it's it's crying. Like, you should just do it. I don't think you're obligated to run over an animal to euthanize it. Also, what if it just hurt it even more? I don't think you right. have to do that, right? Yeah. But it is, it sort of sets up the idea of, like, how much misery, like, the concept of putting something out of its misery. You know what I mean? Mm. But they drive on home, and Riley and Mia get to uh, Riley and Jade's house, and Jade is too busy texting with her boyfriend, Daniel, Mm, and she just forgot to pick up Riley. And so clearly, uh, Mia has sort of, like, you know, at home, obviously her mother's death and her father kind of awkwardly trying to have a relationship. This family is sort of like her... They're, like, warm and nice to her, and I feel like she's sort of, like, picked this, like, this is my real family. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to hang out with you guys. And Mm -hmm. Jade's sort of a sister to her, you know, Riley's a younger brother. And Mia tells Jade about the dying kangaroo, and Jade says, well, why don't, why just call the um, RSPCA? And Mia says, I don't know why I didn't. It didn't, it didn't occur to me, you know? And obviously, this is a premonition of, of what will happen later, but we yeah. don't have time because shit's popping off in the group chat. So, like, a okay. high school chat. Good. Allison, they're watching a video, which I believe is in the trailer, of a teen girl whose eyes are black. Yeah. She is seizing, and she is seemingly possessed. Yeah. And this is, again, I'm like, Dr. Phil, I'm like, you and your kids and your elf bars and your flip-flops, don't be getting possessed. <laughs> You got to go to college. You know, like, I'm just like, don't Elf be doing this. <laughs> well, what are you kids like? Uh, you know. Um, and Mia says, they're doing it again tonight. We should go. But Riley, Riley, we already saw him deny, uh, shoot down the cigarette. So I think he's sort of like younger and like nervous yeah. and doesn't want to do it. Right. And Mia tells Jade, you know, today is the two year anniversary of my mom's death. And can we just please go so I can be distracted? Like, you don't have to do it because Jade's like, I don't know. And Mia also jokes about Jade's boyfriend, Daniel. And she's like, oh, if Daniel comes, tell me he could touch my Gucci. And apparently, like, uh, she and Daniel had some flirtation three years ago, like, in middle school, right? Like, they held hands once. So he's like, actually, he was my boyfriend first, jokingly. But Jade and Daniel have just started dating like three months ago. And he says, okay, I'll go to the party if Daniel could come with, right? I'm also just going to refer to the what they end up doing as talk to me. Because yes. I'm like, it is a possession ritual. There's, yeah. There's not like a name for They don't have a no. name for it. Yeah, that's Which I tough. like, which I really like because you wouldn't. Like if you were just some kids who found something, you would just be like, we're going to that guy's house to do that thing we always do, right? Like there's something okay. about that that makes sense to me. Um, so Jade sort of kicks me out. Like, I'm going to call Daniel and Mia hangs out with Riley, um, until Jade and Riley's mom, Sue, comes home. Sue is at 11 all the fucking time. <laughs> She's like, what are you kids doing drugs in here? Is somebody drinking? Is somebody having sex? And it's like, okay, I understand the impulse. I get it. But like, we got to take it bring down. Bring it down a little bit. Take it to an eight, right? Yeah, take it to an eight. And she, unfortunately, she apologized. Sue, the mom, apologizes to Mia for not making it to her mom's Remembrance Day. And Mia says, you know, honestly, 
it's been really hard to be around my dad because he's so depressing. And again, Sue is sort of like standing in for her mother, you know, and and Sue obviously like loves Mia and like welcomes to her home and is sort of being the same controlling that she is towards her kids, you know. And, uh, you know, it's also like, oh, yeah, I guess your dad would be depressing because his wife and the mother of his child died. Yes. Like, yes, that's a Very. big bummer. You know, one of the biggest bummers there you could have, you yes. know. Um, and J- Sue gives her a Kleenex. It's like, I'm sure you're fine. It's just a cold, which, again, now having lived through COVID, it's like, well, you, you should get tested. You know, we should Absolutely. acknowledge the pandemic. get a test and throw on a mask if you're going to go to the store. Um, and Jade sort of like they they end up sneaking out, but like Sue obviously knows that they're leaving the house. But Jade tries to pretend like they're like she's like, "Oh, mom, when are you going to sleep?" She's like, "You only ask me when I'm going to sleep when you're sneaking out. Just don't like." Yeah. And and she's like, "We're not going to drink." And the mom is more concerned that Jade will have sex with Daniel. And Jade's like, "Don't worry, he's ultra Christian," which to me is an even bigger red flag. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm so more then- worried now. Also, like, if he's ultra Christian, that means when you do have sex, you won't have, he, neither of you will have a condom. Like, yes. Like, it doesn't make you not human. It just means, like, you're going to be more fucked up about it, you know? Um, but eventually the mom's like, whatever, I know you're going to go. And uh, Jade and Mia are about to leave, and Mia invites Riley, which Jade doesn't like, but whatever. They're just going to somebody's house. They don't have to do what the other people are doing, obviously. And on the way, Jade admits that she and Daniel had even kissed. They've been dating for three months. And Mia's like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? What a prude. That's crazy. So they roll up to the party, which is fun. And the host is this asshole, Haley, who I don't – the the uh, performer is trans. I don't know if the character is they, them. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call them they, them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, this this – character uh Haley is sort of like the bully that also is he, uh they and this other person Joss they sort of have found this thing that's going to allow people to become temporarily possessed okay. recreationally found this thing you know i'm going to need more yeah, but absolutely. i know you're going to give it to me <laughs> okay okay so i'm checking the performer uh their their name is Zoe uh Tarakis and they are they them so i'll just say okay. they them Terrific. so Haley and Joss have found this artifact. And of course, they're then using it essentially to get high, right? Okay. So everybody's at this party and uh, they're sort of like laughing and Daniel meets them. And uh, we see that Jade and Daniel are just immediately fit in and Mia is so awkward. Mm-hmm. And Haley hates Mia. It's like, oh, did you have to bring her? Mm-hmm. She's so clean. She's so weird. It's like, sure, her Shut mother up. died. Can you kids not yeah. have any compassion? I'm like, please, you know. <laughs> I'm like, for God's sakes, you know. But she's really awkward and, and yeah. he's kind of like slinking around. It's just sort of swigging a miss trying to talk to people who just have no interest. And Jade is her best friend, so Jade is really warm and, like, you know, obviously, like, don't worry, whatever. And so you know something bad's going to happen between her and Jade because they do have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Haley goes to Jade and Haley are talking, and Haley sees Mia laughing with Daniel. It's like, oh, you know, looks like she's trying to fuck your man. And Jade said she would never do something like that. Finally, Allison, luckily, it's talk to me time. Hell Yeah. Uh, so Joss, who is the other host of the party, b- brings out like a leather recliner and says, you know, oh, Riley, you should go first. Because he's obviously a couple of years younger than everyone. Mm-hmm. And Jade said, he's not doing this. He is my younger brother. He's not fucking doing this. Right. Smart. And Haley and Joss argue about who can go first. 
And Haley said, oh, I should be able to go. It's my hand. And uh, basically, we find out that they got it from Duckett, the person okay. at the beginning yes. of the movie. But they're sort of arguing. And then finally— With no concept of where Duckett got it, right? No. Okay. No. And and again— Did we ever find out? No. Okay. Uh, and you want to set my expectations. Oh, 100%. And you think someone would ask that question. It's very, it follows. This, like, I feel like what, what I found satisfying about this movie, it's, it follows where people are just like, I don't know. I, some guy just gave me it and then now my life's so horrible. Like, you know, like right. nobody's doing, nobody's going to the lo- local library. Nobody's right. getting online Googling right. hand that makes yeah. you possess and yeah. you get high. Special hand. Yeah. But they're sort of arguing, and then Mia sees Jade and Daniel holding hands. And I think Mia is like, oh no, I'm a loser. I like, I see mm-hmm. Jade and Daniel sort of like partnering up and then I'll have no one. I have to do something to be socially a little more included. Mia says, I'll go first. It's time for talk to me. And also Jade doesn't believe this. Like she's like, okay, I've seen Haley has posted the videos. It's staged. It's a hoax. Yeah. It's like TikTok. Like it's like, oh, it's right. some thing. Everything on TikTok is real. fake. I refuse to believe any of it's real unless it's just somebody kind of like falling over. <laughs> and I feel like that's, that's the right way to approach things, yeah. you know? Um, and so they strap me into the recliner. They, they basically use a chain to chain her to the recliner. And then they take out from the trailer. You see, it's a plaster or a ceramic hand covered with names all over it. Okay. And so Haley it's says, cera- it is, cera- it's not like, well, so they, we eventually we get into an argument about it, but Josh says, well, you know, actually there's a real human hand. It's just covered in ceramic. But yeah, other see, people are like, well, how a, could you know that? I was thinking it's like, um, even though this is not a thing, but like, it's like a petrified wood of a hand. You know no, what I mean? I, yeah, like a mummification yeah. process or something. Yes. But yeah, it's definitely a ceramic or plaster of okay. some kind. Smooth. But the idea is like, oh, maybe there's a hand inside, inside of it. Inside of it. We don't know. Um, and Haley tells me. I- All right, somebody time it. As soon as she lets it in, it cannot go for more than 90 seconds. Am I clear? What happens after 90 seconds? Don't want to stay. And what else does Mia have to do? They uh, light a candle. Mm -hmm. And uh, she has to hold the hand and say, talk to me. I let you in. So Mia starts. She holds the hand. And she starts and says, talk to me. And in front of her, immediately, it's an old man with milky eyes. No. And Mia has your reaction, which is she screams and lets go of the hand. And old Haley, man with milky eyes? Milky eyes, Allison. You lost and, me at old man. <laughs> now, how do you feel about the milky eyes, though? Terrible. It's even worse. But well, he has to keep his milk somewhere. You can't keep it in your eyes? I guess it's a storage vessel. Oh, thank you. Thank you for admitting that I'm right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Old men keep milk in their eyes. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, is that merch? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anymore. What's merch? Um, obviously, also, like, everyone is recording this, right? So everyone has their phones out. They're laughing. And she lets go. And Haley and Joss are dying laughing. Like, oh, my God. She, you know, she re- had such a big reaction to seeing the undead. And Mia says, well, what the fuck was that? And Jade, Jade assumes that Mia is playing along to, like, be popular. She's like, don't lie. Like, don't don't give them this. Yeah. And Mia says, no, I did see something. Jade is still not believing it. So Mia's basically to prove it, like, I'll, I'll prove to you. Okay. Mia holds the hand again and completes the full phrase, talk to me, I let you in. This time, the ghost that appears is no. sort of like a long-haired, fat woman. Again, eyes milky as hell. Pure, uh, full-fat Greek yogurt in those eyes. Okay. And it looks like she's drowned. 
Like she's soaking wet and her eyes are kind of moving independently. I don't like that. That must be the milk talking. I just, too much goddamn milk is what it looks like. (laughs) 1% over here, a little 2% over here. (laughs) These kids are out here drinking too much goddamn milk, talking to the devil, you know. Um, But Mia, again, like once you see that, don't continue saying I let you in. That's like, like, wrap it up. That's exactly. Even if you think, like, even if you don't think it's possession and you do think it's just like kind of a trip, like, also not fun. Right, exactly right. If you just think, oh, I'm hallucinating because I'm touching, like you said, um, a hallucinating frog or something. I'm getting some sort of contact tie. I'd be like, that was enough. Well, I saw two crazy people. I'm going to go. Yeah, that's good. That's I'm fine. I'm done. But of course, she completes the phrase. She's not, not a coward like you or I. She completes the phrase. And suddenly Mia's eyes go black, as we see in the trailer. Oh, yes. And her head falls back and she starts channeling the spirit. The spirit enters her body. And she starts talking as a spirit. And, and she's sort of gesturing at this empty chair and in a different voice says, he's right behind you. And then she turns to Riley and, and she tells Riley, he'll split you, pretty boy. Run, run, run. And then she's just screaming, run. And the whole, everyone in the room is like, what the fuck's going on? And even Jade, who is dubious, no. is sort of seeing the front door opens and slams. The lights start to nope. flicker. Nope. No. Nope. And all these kids are filming it like, oh, shit, this oh, is crazy. Shit. Also, Mia's skin, like, when people are possessed, like, their skin starts to go red and peely around their mouth and eyes. Like, their skin changes. Maybe they that's look what was going on with my skin a few weeks ago that I talked about on the pod. Oh, it was probably what? a possession. And you do have that hand just because, like, you know, sometimes yeah. you just want to hold a hand at home. Yeah. And I'm like, just when like, it's bite a while, Allison. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Riz is too soft and cuddly. I need a ceramic <laughs> hand to make me feel something. <laughs> It, what if you held his hand and you were possessed by a dead cat? How would you feel about that? Hmm? I don't know. That, that doesn't seem to... I think I could take a cat. Yeah, <laughs> If I had I to agree. fight it. Um, fortunately, Haley is timing uh, the possession. And at 83 seconds, tells Joss, pull her hand, physically pull her hand out of the plaster hand. Mm. Allison, Mia will not let go. <gasps> and everyone starts to freak out because, like, they can't get the hand out of her hand. And it's, like, counting the seconds. And finally, they are able to wrench the hand out of Mia's hand and Haley, to close out the possession, blows out the candle. So it's like the important end, blows out the candle, and goes over to Haley, (laughs) goes over to Mia and Haley, who has been a huge asshole to Mia this whole time. Mm -hmm. Haley's like, we did did go a a little over. I just (gasps) want a flag. No! But also, they're all just dumb teenagers, so it's like they don't know what that means or whatever. And so Mia opens her eyes, her eyes are normal again, and everyone's staring. Jade is concerned. Riley's in tears because he's like a little kid. And Mia raises her head and goes, that was incredible! And all the kids cheer. Except Jade and Riley, who are already like, this is not going to end well Mm -mm. for us. Mm -mm. Allison, at this point, I would ask you, what would you do? What would you do? I think I would, like, start surrounding myself with professionals and protection. Mm -hmm. Like, let's get, you know, a professional spooky lady in the mix. Like, some kind of psychic or medium or something. It's just like, we've already, like, crossed that line, so why not have somebody on call um, in case this goes south? But also some general health professionals and safety people. Yeah, and there is something, too, where it's like, it is obviously a movie about trauma. You know, like, the thing that leads her on is her trauma with her mother. Of course. Yeah, a therapist. 
Um, it is funny because like living in LA, I'm like, where would I find like a spooky lady or a witch? And I was like, like oh, next door. I was like, I'll just go on Lex, like the the lesbian right. app, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah, or yeah. queer app. Like, yeah. I'll just, there's good. I, 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 within the stones throw, I'm sure there's ten spooky ladies who at least give me some advice about like what is this? You can or, like, walk into like three different is. crystal stores on Melrose and oh, be fine. Absolutely. So I, I feel like I'd be able to, you know, find eventually. Yeah. yeah. This episode is brought to you by Karyuma, the cool sustainable sneaker brand worn and loved by skaters and surfers. They're reimagining classic sneakers with you and the planet in mind. Winter is well on its way, and finding a sneaker that's built to last and ready to withstand the cold is crucial for staying warm and looking good this season. With over 40,000 five-star reviews, Karyuma's got you covered with conscientiously crafted styles that will stick with you for years to come. Made with LWG certified leather from gold-rated suppliers, Oka Premium Leather is a classic and ultra-comfy style that is sure to become your new favorite winter pair. It's no wonder they raked up a wait list of 140,000 people wanting these sneakers. Lucky for you, they just cleared that wait list. So what are you waiting for? Personally, I love a leather sneaker. At any point, that is like the most logical shoe mm-hmm. for me to put on. Yeah, living in these times, which we do, wish it could spontaneously start raining or be wet. I take the leather shoe every time. Karyuma is always keeping it fresh, and you won't want to miss their latest limited edition collaboration with Crooked Media's Love It or Leave It. These dynamic designs are sure to sell out and will sneak a little extra joy into everything you do. Karyuma is B Corp certified and has a dedicated reforestation program based in the Brazilian rainforest. Get a gift your loved ones won't forget and give back to the planet this holiday season. Karyuma ships all their sneakers free and fast in the USA and offers worldwide shipping and 60-day free returns. And for a limited time, Ruin listeners can get an exclusive 15% off your pair of Karyuma sneakers. Go to C-A-R-I-U-M-A dot com slash Ruin to get 15% off. That's C-A-R-I-U-M-A dot com slash Ruin for 15% off only for a limited time. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay. Pod Save America is brought to you by Helix Sleep. How long have you had your mattress? For most people, it's probably time for an upgrade, right? Well, Helix has exactly what you need. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Take the Helix Sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. Helix has models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side, models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions, plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they've got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It's the perfect combination of comfort and support. Uh, I have a Helix mattress in our guest bedroom. Mm-hmm. Every single person who stays with us says, that bed is so comfortable. Where'd you get it? You know what I say? Where do you say? Helix. I love my Helix mattress. I have a Don Lux. Don Lux. It's very comfortable. So Lux. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash crooked and use code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Again, that's helixsleep.com slash crooked and use code helixpartner20. 
back at home. They leave the party, and Mia stays over at Riley and Jade's house and sleeps on the pullout couch, and it's raining, and it was looks so cozy, and she's, like, up. And obviously, she's thinking about when she was possessed at the party. Yes, of course. It's probably all you would be thinking about all the time. What, what every teen girl goes through. Um, and we see Riley is genuinely shaken and tries to go take his uh, pillow and, like, go sleep with his sister. And his sister says, I'm— She's up texting Daniel, too. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you're not sleeping here. You were a baby. I don't want to deal with it. So then he goes and uh, waters in the living room and gets into the pullout bed with Jade. And I do think it's funny where, like, clearly Jade is traumatized and, like, they're her family. Because the idea of me sleeping in a pullout couch with any of my friend's younger brothers, I'd be like, I will Absolutely puke. not. I will sleep outside. I'll These sleep on the floor. Disgusting. Yeah, like, I would have been... In the way that I was, like, with my brothers were growing up, it was like, get out of my fucking face. Like, yeah. it would not have been. Yeah. She's very kind, but obviously, like, she's seeking something after her mother's death. Yes. So it's like, it's a di- it's not it's a different relationship need. she would have had otherwise. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, you know, she says, oh, do you get nightmares? He's like, yeah, well, no. And she says, you know, I have a reoccurring nightmare. And the nightmare that Mia has is she looks in the mirror in her dream and a reflection is gone. And because Riley's yet a, a child, okay. basically, he's like, um, why did your mom die? Like, I don't know. What yeah, happened? Right. What happened there? And we get the story. But basically, she accidentally OD'd on sleeping pills. Okay. And when her dad was sleeping on the couch. Mm-hmm. And when he, it was this horrible image. And it's, again, like, just so deeply sad and effective mm-hmm. where it's like, when he got up in the morning, he, and I assumed, like, oh, they had had a fight. Right. Like, her dad was sleeping on the couch. Yeah. You know, maybe they had a fight. When he got up in the morning, he couldn't get the bedroom door open because her mom was right behind it. And when they found her, she had clawed at the door. (gasps) And so clearly, like, had accidentally OD'd, but realized it and was trying to get out, but was already dying. So it's like, what a horrifying image of, like, they find, like— sad. Yeah, like, her nails split. She'd clawed at the door. And Riley says, Jade says you got depression after that. It's like, yeah, that'd do it. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll fucking do it. That'll do it. Whoo, Mia says, yeah, I really did, but I'll be honest, like, hanging out with Jade and you, like, I don't feel alone anymore, so I really, like, you know, I'm really glad you guys want to be my friends. And Riley is a sweetheart. It's like, well, yeah, we're friends, so you don't have to feel alone. And I was like, oh, no, something bad's going to happen between the three of them. Everything's going so well, you know. Um, and we do get this very spooky moment where Riley falls asleep and we see Mia, like, he's watching um, clips of whatever the Australian version of um, So You Want to Be a Millionaire um, or was that, what was the name Who of wants that? to be a millionaire? Who wants, so you want to be a millionaire? Yeah, so who you wants to be a millionaire? millionaire? And she like the takes it her phone. And um, takes this like, his um, ear, earbuds, AirPods? AirPods out. And uh, we see her hand sort of drift over his mouth. And she doesn't touch him, but it's just such a weird gesture. I think it's sort of like to create within us an uncertainty about who all's going to end up possessed, right? Yeah. Um, so the next day, uh, Jade goes to Haley at school and says, "Can Dan- Daniel wants to do talk to me. And Haley says, yeah, but we can't do it at Joss's house because we kind of wrecked it during the last time we hung out. Um, and his family's pissed. So Joss and I will come over with the hand, but it has to be at your house. So they'll be at Jade and Riley's house, right? Um, 
And then I, I thought that Haley should be charging people, but they, but 100%. they weren't. So I was like, you could be running like a pretty sweet little deal. Yeah, but I think Make it's like it a business. It, it just meant, generally makes people want to hang out with them and think they're cool. So yeah. I think that that's the cachet of the hand, right? That makes sense. So the the gang converges at Jane Riley's house, and Daniel shows up when Sue is about to leave, and uh, like Sue, of course, sees that a boy is there, and it's like. You kids are going to do your el- your alcohol hand job parties. You're going to impregnate my daughter with vodka. You know, like he, she just at an 11 and Daniel's like, no, no, I'm extremely religious, which means when we do have unprotected sex, we it will get pregnant. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Riley's dumb little friend we met earlier, James, is also there. And Sue sort of storms around, like, Riley and James are in Riley's room. Jade, Mia, and Daniel are in uh, Jade's room. And she's like, you better not be having a party. I have to leave for my job at the horror movie parent factory where I'm gone at, like, 8 p.m. Like, it's like she's working whenever. I'm never home, but I'm also always stressed. (laughs) Exactly. And I did assume, much like we said about um, uh, Sydney's father in Scream, that she is a carabiner saleswoman. I mean, Australia, absolutely a carabiner oh, salesman. Oh, uh, probably the hotbed carabiner of carabiner country. sales. Um, so she is stressed. She, uh, it's the end of the fiscal year. She's breaking the glass cliff or whatever they call it in the carabiner industry. So she has to leave at 8 p.m. to go work. Um, and finally, she she beats it. Uh, Haley and Joss arrive, and it's talk to me time, Right. They set up in the living room. They put a table and a chair, and Daniel takes a seat in the chair. And they do the same thing where they uh, strap him in, basically. And that's where we get the argument of, like, it's actually the—I heard it's the hand of a psychic. And it's cut off and it's embalmed, and they covered in ceramics. Okay. I like that theory. And Haley's like, no, it's a medium. Or wait, it was a a Satanist. But the point is that they they only know know. the myth about it either. Like, they don't know, and they don't care. They're just going to do it. They're just doing it anyway. Also, Jade and Riley have a very stinky, cute bulldog named Cookie. Oh, I know. That looks like a— is in the trailer. Is so sweet and so cute. Everyone's like, ew, your dog stinks. Your dog's always farting. Which I think was a very fun, you know, like, world building. Just like, oh, yeah, someone's stinky dog always farting. Um, Oh, farting dog. So Daniel goes into—he says—he holds the hand. He says, talk to me. I let you in. And he, of course, immediately his eyes go black. He starts to have this, his head goes back. He starts to choke. And Jade's panicking. And, and Haley says, nope, it's fine. This happens every time. And, you know, he, when he sort of comes into the possession, Daniel says to Jade, he hates it when you touch it. You make him soft. And he starts, like, moaning and staring at Mia licking his lips and sort of, like, Ugh. rubbing his chest. And Haley and Joss are, of course, recording this. They're like, oh, my God, he's freaking out. Fuck? Yeah. And so he topples over in the chair to the floor and starts to, like, hump the air. And Cookie runs over. And Allison, he starts making out with the dog. Yuck. And Haley and Joss are, are dying laughing. They're like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And Jade, of course, is disgusted and runs over to grab Cookie. And then finally, she blows out the candle to end the possession. Daniel's really upset. He's like, you better delete those videos. And he storms out, like, really angrily. And when he does, Mia says, can I go again? And Jade's like, you want to do that again? Like, after seeing yeah, this? Like, what are, what are you talking about? And she's like, just put your thought dog in the hallway and do not record this. Then I want to do it. So then, 
it's a party. Like, it's drugs. Like, yeah. Mia goes, and then Joss, and then Haley, and then yeah, Daniel comes back in. They're all having a blast. Like, they're all, like, going nuts. And, like, because it gives you—they don't describe, like, what the experience is, which I think is also— very smart. cool. Like, that's yeah. smart. Like, you could sort of project your own, but it's, like, exhilarating or euphoric. Like, it's, like, a, a fully out of body in this, like, insane way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Daniel goes again, and then Jaws. And Riley and James want to go, but they are 14, and Jade says, no. They are too young. We cannot let them do this. But Mia's the one who says, well, what if they just did it for, like, 60 seconds? We're not going to push it to 90. Like, what about 50 seconds, you know? And Jay says, no, Riley, you're going to come in my room and cry all night and be a baby. And Riley says, I hate you. And they sort of get into a sibling fight. Mm -hmm. And Jade storms out. And in Jade's absence, Riley says, I want to do it. The 50 seconds. And Mia is both like now she's sort of the older sister. And now she's like, oh, should I let it? But Mia says, okay. So they strap Riley in. Riley does the talk to me. And is immediately, like, Riley lets go of the hand. Like, Mia did initially, terrified seeing the ghost. But Mia says, no, no, you just get past it. It's totally fine. So now Mia's kind of encouraging it, right? And he does the talk to me. He says, let, I let you in. Allison, he becomes possessed. His eyes go black. Mm -hmm. He turns to Mia and says, I never want to hurt you. I miss you so, so much, me. I don't want you to hate me. Allison, he's channeling her mother's ghost. Oy. And, and she, Mia immediately understands what's going on. I was like, mom? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So it's been 50 seconds, but and Haley calls it and says, we're doing 50 seconds, but Mia says, no, let it keep going. Because it's her mother. But it's also like, and, uh, then you go. Yeah. Exactly. But I guess, like, if you're possessed by your own mother's ghost, right. I guess you won't you be won't able to, like, know. process. Interact, yeah, yeah, yeah. interact with it? Yeah, that's yeah. a good question. Um, and Riley tells her, I'm so proud of you. And, and Mia's crying. It's like, I love you. And, and Riley says, I love you back. And then Riley starts choking and sort of gets stuck on the word God. He's like, I got, I got, I got. And then smashes his face on the table in front of him. And then Ugh. over and over, breaking his nose, blood everywhere. No. Everyone's freaking out and runs to him. Allison, he reaches out, reaches nope. up to his eyeball and starts to pull his eyeball out of his socket. Luckily, they're no. able to stop no. him. no. No, no. But everyone's sort of running to him to, like, get him to, like, go of the hand. His chair flies horizontally across the room, and his head smashes the window. So his face is cut up and bloody, and he starts smashing his face against a dresser. No. And before he could do it, again, essentially one that would start to, like, crack his skull, Jade runs back in, hearing everyone scream, and throws her hand between his head and the wood, and he smashes his skull down. And we see Mia stunned like everyone's panicking and it's sort of like the sound gets sucked out of the room and we just see Mia walk into the hallway meanwhile everyone's sort of playing like we have to call 911 yeah like he's that badly injured what are we gonna tell the police someone has to hide the hand like they're immediately like what's our story gonna believe they're not gonna believe the hand is real like they're immediately trying to strategize right and that's why uh, Allison Mia goes into the kitchen and she hears a scratching at the back door. And she sees that no. image. She turns and through the glass, it, she sees a woman standing there. Okay. Her mother. Mm-hmm. And then the figure's gone. Okay. So luckily, they do do the right thing. They call 911. Riley okay, gets taken to the I'm hospital. Glad. 
But then all then they all get interviewed with the cops, and we don't really find out what they said. But the cops assume, okay, so you give gave this kid drugs, he freaked out, or right. you beat him up over drugs. Like they, right. they're assuming the kids, it's drugs. so a normal thing. They didn't yeah. know about the possession, right? Not like a hand that brings back demons or anything like that. that exactly, would be quite a leap. Um, and we also hear the phone call over sort of their interviews of Jade having to call her mother. And who's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I leave you alone to sell carabiners for two goddamn seconds. <laughs> and so Mia goes home and released by the police. And her dad says, can you be honest with me? Did you give him drugs? Like, just tell me and we can right. figure this out legally, you know? And Mia's like, oh, sure. Like, you've been honest with me. And he's like, what do you mean? And she says, there's something you haven't told me about mom, isn't there? And he kind of blanches and doesn't respond. Okay. Mia storms her room and opens her bag. Allison, she has taken the hand home. And the implication yeah. is they don't know that she took it. Right. Like, in the kerfuffle, in the in the calamity, yeah. she just kind of grabbed it. We, at the hospital, see uh, Jade, Sue, and Daniel um, at Riley's bedside. So he is alive. He's in a coma. He's been in a coma for two days. Okay. And Mia comes just to say hi. And Sue, of course, because that's where Sue's at, flips out on her. Yeah. And Understandable. I, I, having seen the trailer, uh, uh, Sophie Wilde is a, a black woman mm-hmm. and is the not the only person of color in the movie, but is a black girl and then within a white family, yes. right? So it's like uh, there's a white family. And so when Sue, when Sue accuses her of giving uh, Riley drugs, it feels racist because yes. it's like, you know this girl. She's in your right. home. Like, there's an implication like, oh, Sophie tried weed once and now Sue's, like, spiraling. But it's like, you really, you turned on this girl who has been through something traumatizing and just assume. Jumping right to. Rather than, like, also, like, your daughter couldn't have given him drugs or his gross friend or the other people. Like, it just Any other person. Yeah. And so, of course, now uh, Mia is not only, like, isolated from her father, but now isolated from this other sort of family that she has this relationship with. And Sue says, what did my son ever do to you? It's like, what, what do you, like, what she gave him, PCP? Like, what What do you even think could have, right. what could she have given him where this would be the outcome, right? right? He looks like he fell off an airplane. So, of course, Sue says, go home. And Mia, devastated, is like, oh, great. I've, like, right. lost my best friends. Right. And their mom hates me. And as she walks down the hallway, she turns and looks into the glass of a, a hospital room. And she sees the figure of her mother. And she turns, and in real life, the figure isn't there. But when she looks in the glass, she can follow where the the mom is going into the restroom. Okay. Allison, she goes into the restroom, and she hears her mother calling from inside the stall. Nope. But mirroring her father's experience, when she goes to open the stall, she can't open it. So she's just panicking and trying to open the stall door. And finally, she's able to, like, wedge it open. There's nothing in there. Of course. And she emerges crying right as Daniel's leaving, and Daniel drives her home. And Daniel said that he actually, uh, like, he's the only one who's not in trouble because he's 18. So he, the cops didn't call his parents. He would get in trouble if they proved that something happened, like if they think that they beat up Riley or something. Right. Um, so he has to, like, the cops are still sort of circling, like, don't know really what happened. Um, but he's like, I lied to my parents and said I, you know, was, like, staying over somewhere. So I don't really have anywhere to stay tonight. And Mia says, come, you can come stay in my place. And mm-hmm. Daniel does get the vibe, and there is a vibe that Mia probably does have a crush on him. Like, it doesn't seem like she would actually act on it, but— right. but it's there, and— Yeah. 
And he says, like, I don't know if it's weird because of Jade, you know. And Mia says, we're just friends. Like, it's totally fine. And I'll be honest, I don't want to be alone. Mm. Uh, so back at Mia's house, uh, again, her father presumably also putting in, doing the midnight shift at uh, the Carabina factory. Um, and so Mia, now there's another person there. And she has the hand says, you know, my mom really wanted to talk out to, talk to me. What if we did it again? So basically asking Daniel to do talk to me. Again. So that she could speak to her mother. Okay. And Daniel says, I'm not fucking doing that again. Yeah, right. Like, w- we saw what happened. Like, Yeah. No. Riley's in a fucking coma. We, right. we don't even know if he's going to lose his eye. Like, we're, I'm not doing that. And Daniel then makes a larger point, which we were going to have to grapple with in this film, which is, how do we know that was really your mother? How do we know that these, right. when they something invades, like, possesses us, how do we know these things can't read our memories or right. thoughts? Right. Maybe it's just, just, like, found from out. from a thing that's exactly. manipulative in a certain way as opposed to exactly. just, like, an actual, quote-unquote, interaction that she could be having. Yeah, and so it's sort of, like, but obviously Mia's driven by the fact that, like, oh, if it is my mother, I desperately want to talk to her from yeah. beyond the grave. Which, understandable. Like, understandable. Yeah, and they have a moment where, you know, she's like, remember where we used to, we held hands at one time and my hands were so much bigger than yours? And they compare hand sizes. And f- again, and for a moment, like, their fingertips touch. And then Daniel, again, being uber Christian, like, pulls his hand away. Mm. And they go to bed, and, but to be appropriate, they sleep head to foot. So, like, there's no, like, I mean, I guess you could have sex that way, but, like, there's no funny business going on. So uh, There's a Seinfeld where Elaine justifies sharing a bed with a man where she's like, we did head to toe, so it's fine. And Jerry goes, but your genitals still lined up. <laughs> it's, uh, what a, humanity is a funny, a funny creature, yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, so they go to bed and Daniel falls asleep because they've had a, a, a terrible day. Uh, but Mia stays up and she has videos of her mom and her on her phone. And her mom is like, they're goofing off and they're like telling yeah. jokes and stuff. Oh. And it's really sweet. And so obviously she's going to try to talk to her mother of through course. the hand, right? And I get um, it. Like, I yeah. wouldn't do it, but I understand it. Yeah. Meanwhile, poor Jade is like dealing with Sue. If you thought Sue was on edge most oh, of the time, no. she's Sue not handling this has to be well. off a cliff at this point. No carabiner in sight. Exactly. Oh, yeah, plummeting off that cliff. Uh, and so Jade goes to find her mom, who's, it's torrentially raining, so her mom is smoking inside the car. And when Jade gets into the um, car, she reaches for her mom's hand, and her mom jerks it away. And it's like, okay, well, that's the only way to make this worse, is, like, now we're alienated yeah. from each other, yes. right? Um, meanwhile, Mia's obviously drifted to into sleep, and we see this, like, she and Daniel standing in a in a brightly lit room, and they kiss. Like, and we that's how we know it's a dream. It's like she wouldn't. Right. And in in their dream, they kiss and then they hug. And in the background of the dream, we hear really faintly audio of her father screaming and pounding on the bedroom door. So obviously, this is something that haunts her. Like hearing her father trying to wedge open his bedroom door to find his wife. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, it would. Like that would. If you heard that, you would stay with you forever. Right. And she turns and said, like, we're seeing what she saw on the day that he found her mother dead. And he's dragging his wife, whose name is Rhea, uh, the mom's, which I didn't realize until then. And drags her out of the bedroom, you know, to try to help her. But she's already dead. And she Mm -hmm. already looks dead. Mm -hmm. And, like, probably died hours earlier. And we see Mia wake up with a start in in the actual bed. Daniel's there asleep. And we see a figure crouched in the corner of the room. Allison, on all fours. And the figure starts to crawl towards her. And it's a woman. And you know she's not alive. No, of course not. Why would she be? And she's wearing like a slip and pearls, which I kind of like as a look. And her hair's falling out. 
and her mm. face is filthy and bleeding, and she's kind of all wet as if she's crawled out of a grave. That's less fun. Allison, unexpected twist I didn't see coming. The woman crawls over to the bed and starts sucking on Daniel's toes. Her foot fetish lasted from beyond the grave. Wow. And she's got to get those feet get in her mouth. Get those feet in that mouth. And look, we've all been there, but the person has to be awake and consenting. Correct. Whether you're dead or alive. And so, of course, Mia screams for Daniel to wake up. And when he does, he sees it's Mia sucking on his toes and she drops his foot. And she's like, oh, my God, uh, they followed us. They, the things they, that we let in, they he, one of them was sucking your toes. And he's like, Mia, that was you. I saw you. Ooh. And she's like, this is fucked up. Like, I don't know what this was. And he storms out. So now Mia's truly alone. And obviously oh he's going to tell Jay that she was yeah. sucking on his toes. Right. And also is like blaming it on demons. Yeah. Like, so you know, the dead or whatever. And look, and who hasn't been sucking on toes and being like, I think a demon is involved. Yes, we've, all, we've all been there. Um, and she's, we see poor Mia like slapping herself and like punching herself in the face, like kind of punch, like punishing herself, like pounding at her bedroom door. Allison, she takes out the hand and she does talk to me alone with no, no. one there to time her. No. And when she does, her mother appears. Yeah. And Mia asks her, Mom, did you kill yourself? And Rhea says, no, it, it was an accident. I really wouldn't, I would never leave you voluntarily. And she tells Mia, Riley needs your help. And they lay down in bed and her mom sort of start, spoons her. Over in the hospital, we see poor Riley who is like um, incommunicado, like yeah. uh, is, is not responsive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's getting, uh, Jade and Sue are sort of learning how to give him a sponge bath. And the idea is, like, this might potentially be permanent. Like, this might be a permanent brain injury. So they're sort of learning how to take care of them. Sue gets a call from her husband, who I presume is divorced or is a traveling carabiner salesman and so isn't around a lot. Mm -hmm. Maybe their dad is Sydney's dad from Scream. Wouldn't that be the crossover of the century? And would, it would make sense time-wise. You'd have to have to have a second family in Australia. It does seem you like what's You would need to be gone dad. for long stretches of time with no explanation whatsoever. Exactly. Um, so Sue leaves to go take a call from her dad. As soon as she goes, Riley bites Jade in the hand and then sort of falls off his shower chair and starts smashing his head back against the tile no. of the shower, which is just shattering. And of course, his sister's trying to stop him. There's blood gushing all over the tile. And as the blood starts, starts to run into the drain, he starts drinking the bloody nope. water, like lapping nope. it up. And laughing and laughing. No, we don't and, need to add laughing into the mix here. And Jade, of course, screaming. Her mother runs back in. And as they look, he just laughs and starts drinking his own blood off the floor. These goddamn kids and their their blood drinking giggles. Talk to me parties, make drinking their own blood. And my question to you, Allison, (laughs) is who will survive? Who will survive? Um, I think not Riley. Okay. And what about Mia? How we feel about Mia? And Mia, I think very, like, it will seem like she won't make it, but she will end up, like, something will happen that, like, pulls her out of. The jaws of death? Yeah. They'll pull, like, the, she's the foot that will go be pulled out of the jaws of death. Yep. Um, and what about Jade, Riley's sister? Jade will survive. All right, great. What about Sue, the mom? 
I think Sue might die, but like just from like a stress heart attack. Right, yeah. <laughs> like uh, unrelated getting... to like <laughs> actual physical events of what's happening, but more just like the emotional duress that she's been under clearly for decades. Yeah, it's she's gonna have a um a nicotine overdose by the yeah. end of this. And how do we feel about Max, Mia's dad? Um I think Mia might kill him. I think he might be the reason her mom died. Okay, great. And then Daniel, the ultra-Christian boyfriend of Jade, whose, again, foot was in Mia's mouth. And I'm not a practicing Christian, but I I do think you have to get married. Yeah, probably. Um, I think he'll die. Okay, great. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay. Just in and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? All right, so the rest of the gang meets up to sort of be like, so what the fuck are we going to be doing about the hand? Yeah, the hand and, is a problem. Yeah, the hand continues to be a problem. Mia gives the hand back to Joss, who they didn't, he didn't know who had it. Nobody knew who had picked it up, right? So basically, we find out that James, Riley's friend, gave a video of the event uh, of, of Riley's uh, possession to the police. And the police have basically, like, he, no one was touching him. He did this to himself. So we're not going to charge any of you. Okay. He had some sort of psychotic break or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like th- there was nothing we could charge you with. Nobody was doing it. You were all, right. we all see in the video, you were trying to stop him. Right. Um, so that at least resolves the uh, legal ramifications. Mm-hmm. And they say, Jade, like, well, how's Riley doing in the hospital? He's like, well, every time he comes to, he tries to kill himself. So I would say not good. Yeah, that's a bad And Mia, yeah, and Mia at least finally is like, um, and while we're at it, has anyone been seeing things? Because she has seen her mother multiple times Mm -hmm. and then did talk, did the, uh, uh, talk to me alone. And Haley says, um, well, I haven't, but Duckett did. And Mia says, who the fuck is Duckett? Because nobody else knows about that. Right. Except for, we know because we saw the beginning of the movie. And Joss admits, well, um, you know the guy who um, we got the hand from? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it turns out that he was seeing him without the hand. And then um, he did go full. They describe him as full skits. It's like he did go full skits and he did kill himself and did kill stab his brother. Yeah. And Mia says, so is the brother alive and can we talk to him? And they say, you know what he is? Which I was like, that's very smart. Like, let's trace yeah, him back. Yeah, go talk to him. Which get also is funny to get some information. Yeah, which is very it follows. It's like, okay, so yes. who can we talk to? Who, who right. knows this? Now, Cole is furious, basically, and was like, you knew about this? And so the implication is that Joss and Haley, like, were friends with Duckett, mm-hmm. but just, like, from partying. And Cole's like, he thought that you were his friends, and then you sort of, like, when this happened, 
just took the hand and didn't fucking deal with like the ramifications right. and then you brought it to other people. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you do that? And, and Cole, they meet at a bus stop and Cole gets on the bus. So everyone kind of so, like follow him on the bus. And I think it was just to have a different set piece. But it was, it, I thought it was nice. fun. And they follow him and Mia tries to talk to him about it. And they tell him about Riley. And Jade says, well, so what are we supposed to do? I mean, like if he's possessed or like if he's like this, what the fuck are we going to do? Because the implication is if you die after, if, like if you're possessed and you die, that's it. Like you, your soul has been taken to wherever these these things live. Okay. You don't get a natural death in the way that like if you were like if right. Cole had died, he would have just died. Yeah. The idea that Duckett died while possessed, it it the implication it's is like else. you it's yeah. something else, which is terrifying to think I, about. I don't like that. Worse than For, death. Nope. But he says the thing is, um, if he doesn't die, the longer the spirit's in him, the the weaker it will become. So he actually can survive. He just has to survive long enough for the spirit to not kill him. But Jade's point is he's trying, it's trying to kill him. Yeah. And he's so weak. And at any point in time, if we're not watching him, he could he's, die. Yes, yes. So what the fuck, what are the other options? But it's what, like, what how do you get you know? the spirit out? Yes. Like, I don't know. Exactly. How do you get it out? And so Mia, they're all brainstorming. Mia's like, okay, did we not blow out the candle? Was that it? Like, because it was such a, like, it was, everyone was panicked when right. Riley was possessed. So maybe we never Focused closed on the it hand out. And not the candle. Yes. And so, and, but no one can remember, right? So then her suggestion is they want Riley to do talk to me again so they could close about, like, the cash I mean, register at the end of the night. It's like not, like, what? Is it going to get worse? Like, you know. I mean, yeah. I ex- At this point, exactly. And, like, he's basically, like, in a demon coma that he occasionally comes out of to try to kill himself. Like, right. let's tr- let's throw spaghetti at the wall at this point. Yeah, like, if it happens to work, then it's a win. And if it doesn't, like, I, I yeah. don't know what's worse than the scenario they're in currently. Yeah. And so Jade's furious at Mia and blaming Mia for allowing um, Riley to do the hand, which I get. And she basically says, I regret ever letting you inside my family. Which, of course, because of Mia's family trauma is the meanest thing you could say to her. Mm-hmm. And she is trying to come with her. Obviously, she made a mistake, but she is a teenage girl. Like, we, people make mistakes, Jade. Come on. Yes. Um, and so in the end, Jade relents because, like you said, what the fuck else are you going to do? Right? Right. So Joss gives Mia the hand back. And Haley and Joss are basically like, whenever you're done with it, burn it. We're out. Destroy it. Good Good luck to you. Throw it we are no longer. Throw in the fucking garbage. So Mia, Jade, and Daniel go to the hospital to figure out if they could have Riley do it again. And Mia keeps getting calls from her father, who is obviously like, what the fuck is happening? Where did you go? Because this just happened. Like, you know, you'd right. want to be monitoring uh, your child Constantly. after a distressing thing, right? And um, Jade's, I wrote... Um, oh, my mom will be back in an hour. And I said, from the Carabiner cruise, the cruise line exclusive to the Carabiner industry. Oh, yes, I assume. of course. I guess. But, but they have a month, uh, sorry, they have a month, a month of Sundays. They have an hour before Sue will arrive back at the hospital to, you know, watch Riley. So they light a candle and Mia tries to hold the hand on Riley's hand. Riley is in a coma. It doesn't work. And so she's trying to say, talk to him. But Riley's not awake. You have to yeah, be awake and, you and have ask to. it. Yeah. And so Mia says, what if I do it and then I try to talk to his spirit? Like I enter, if it enters me, okay. maybe I could enter I mean, the spirit realm. It's It can get bad because she can just end up exactly where he is. But it's at exactly. least worth a shot, I guess. Worth a shot. 
And uh, Jane Daniels say, don't do that. And so yep, Mia, of course, do does it anyways. Yep. And instead of Daniel Spear, because maybe she's like, you know, like he's not dead, but like maybe if, if he's on some sort of realm, if he is possessed, like maybe his spirit's right. there. Instead of Daniel, she sees a little girl who is in pajamas. I think the implication is like, this was also a child who died in this hospital or like, you know, there's some something about the location that there's a little girl. Mm-hmm. And she says, do you know where Daniel is? And the girl says, I can take you to him. Okay. I like you so now Mia's soul has been put into this little ghost girl, right? Unfortunately, what is then shown to her is a a um, society shunting level, what I would describe as a blood orgy of violence what? in which Riley is being pulled apart. Oh my God. It's giving shunting but not sexy. And we only okay. see it's, I really the appreciate- unsexy we, shunt. Exactly. Which Understood. we, I mean, Yeah. And, but it's like, we only see glimpses of it. We see someone bite into a baby. So I think the idea is like, Daniel's spirit is currently caused, caught in some sort of demon realm. <laughs> I'm sorry. So it's just, no, it's just about the worst thing you, it's like, yeah, oh, where's my friend? Uh-oh, Uh-oh. He's hanging out with these folks. Nowhere right? good. And so she comes up, they they pull her out, they time uh, before 90 seconds, and she comes out of the talk to me and it's like, they, they'll they never stop, they have him, and they'll never stop torturing him, which Jade, his sister, doesn't appreciate hearing. It's like, okay, well, then what, what are we going to do? Allison, as if things couldn't get more stressful for Mia, she goes home, and her dad, Max, is waiting there, and he says, I have an apology, and I want to talk to you about something. He tells her, I've been keeping something from you for oh, two no. years. No, 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 It's no, no. her mother's suicide note. <gasps> Basically, she says, you know, Maximia, it's Tuesday again. It's raining. It's the first time in a long time where I haven't felt hopeless. As a fact, I'm full of hope. And she goes on to say, I hope you could find it in your heart to forgive me. I hope we can find some peace knowing I'm lo- no longer in pain. Mia, I'm sorry. So Mia freaks out and was like, no, that can't be her. She told me that she didn't do it. She told me it was an accident. But, of course, her dad just assumes you mean, like, spiritually or, like, yeah. you mean, like, not I saw her ghost and the right, ghost Right, and affirmed. we talked. Yeah. Exactly. But she's like, I'm sorry. She's gone. And and Mia's, like, you know, panicking. And as they hug, Mia sees an apparition of her mother who says, it's not true. I didn't kill myself. In, the be- in Mia's bedroom, she talks to the dead ghost of her mother who appears to her. Mm-hmm. And the mother tells her, that's not your dad. They're imitating him. They're going to hurt you. And this is where we what? tip over into a who, what is real? Who's uh-huh. imitating who? Mm-hmm. And of course, is this really her mother? And right. as, every time we see her mother, she is more and more decayed. So by this point, Rhea, uh, the ghost of Rhea has full milk eyes. Milk eyes. Uh, soft serve eyes. Her skin's starting to rot off. Mm-hmm. And Rhea tells her daughter, you have to put Riley out of his misery. If you kill him, he'll be at peace. Right now, he is locked forever in the state. Basically, he'll belong to that which he invited yeah. in. And her dad starts banging on a door again, repeating the you know mm-hmm. the the sonic and 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 existential uh, refrain of somebody banging on the door. And he's trying to, like, let me in. Do not lock your door. Because now he's panicking. Yes, of course. Be like, I told this extremely distressing thing to my daughter. And now I, like, need, yeah, to make sure she's yeah. okay. And Yeah. Completely understandable. Allison, when he busts in, his face is all scarred. It's the ghost version of her father. 
Meanwhile, the actual, actual dad is in the living room and hears Mia start screaming. Okay. So the fake dad, we could tell, has sort of a rotting, scarred-up face. Got a, for yeah, sure. yeah, a real ghosty vibe. And attacks Mia and, like, throws her across the room, like, knocks all the stuff off her desk, and then puts her on the floor and starts choking her out. And you see, this is why Duckett ended up killing his own brother. Like, we remember at Duckett, at the beginning, it says, Pop mm-hmm. says, you're going to hurt a lot of people. You're not really him. So I think it's like we're setting up. It's like now um, Mia's seeing doubles, and it's going to be unclear who's doing what. Her okay. fake dad's choking her out. Now her real actual dad is p- pounding on the actual door. Okay. And, and busts in right as Mia's able to reach over and grab a pair of scissors, and she turns to stab the fake dad and stabs her actual father in the neck. <gasps> okay. And we hear his body drop to the ground. No. At the hospital, Jade's there waiting and gets a call from Mia. And Jade said, actually, he um, Riley's doing a little bit better. He's woken up a couple times and he was fine. Like he was normal very person. He's normal. Yeah. yeah. And he, you know, he has a long road ahead of him, but he, he it seems like things like um, like Cole said, it seems like things are getting better. But Mia's basically like, no, I saw him in that shadow realm. I saw him in the baby eating orgy. Every second he's experiencing is pain. Mm-hmm. And Jade's like, I don't know. Like, remember what Cole said? And Mia says, come to my house and I'll show you. And Mia has the hand there. Yeah. Um, and Jade says, all right, I'll be there in 10 minutes. I'll, you know, I'll, let me come over there. Of course, when Jade leaves the parking lot, we realize that Mia's actually been calling from the hospital parking lot to get Jade out of Riley's hospital room. So that she can go. Put him out of his misery. Much like the wounded kangaroo in the first act. Yes. So Jade leaves to go to Mia's house, and uh, Mia goes into the hospital and runs into Sue. And Sue says, "Um, I want to apologize because they did a drug, you know, screening on Riley, and there were no drugs in his system. He just had some sort of psychotic break, and I was in denial, and I— you weren't just uh, like my children's friend, your family, and I'm so sorry that I leapt to that conclusion, which is very nice, but I'll be honest, a little, a little late. late in the game. A little, a little late, late in the game. If that had been it from the beginning, perhaps we could have <sighs> figured something out. Maybe but... avoided what's about to happen. And Mia basically uses that moment to be like, that's, thank you. Um, is there any way I could have a moment alone with him? And we see that she has the scissors that she took from home that she stabbed her Obviously. dad with. Yeah. Obviously. So Jade arrives at Mia's house, tries to call her back. She's not answering and tries, starts to go to try to get into the house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the hospital, um, Mia looks down at Riley and says, I'm sorry, I have to do this. But when she looks at Riley, he is uh, essentially, I think, we're the spirit that possessed him. He's like an elderly man who is dead and has milky eyes mm-hmm. and is sort of taunting her, you know, about what to do. Mm-hmm. And she raises the scissors, but she can't do it which is understandable. It's like, even if this is some ghost of a, a creepy man, it's hard to stab someone with a pair of scissors with forethought, you know? Yeah, it's that's tough. And imagine. so she turns and she sees the image of the dying kangaroo from the first act. And she is convinced through this that she has to put Riley out of his misery. Mm-hmm. This is what her mother said. And she is like committed to this idea, right? Back at her house, Jade enters and finds Max, Mia's dead, who is horribly wounded but still alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she calls 911, then she immediately calls uh, Sue and says, uh, I'm with uh, Mia's dad. You got to get her the fuck out of, of Riley's room. Mm-hmm. Sue runs back to Riley's room. Both he and Mia are gone. 
And as Jade pulls back into the parking lot, we see Mia pushing Riley on in a wheelchair to the hill overlooking the freeway. <gasps> no. Free, I was like, it. I being stabbed with scissors sounds horrible. I to be pushed no. onto the freeway. No. Also, it's like that's not an instant death. Like it's like there's a lot of like easier, quicker ways to die. You're gonna dump him onto the highway and hope someone runs him over. No. But again, Mia is a woman with a mission, and so Jade parks and is running down the hill. We see Mia like pushing Riley down the hill, and thank God there's like a little bit of a curb, and they're right under an overpass. Mm -hmm. So this is not like people can't see, and so it's not like a stretch of road where people would be able to stop. Yeah, they're coming around a curve. I don't know if it's an on-ramp or, or an off-ramp, but basically they're coming around yeah. a curve. So if she dumps Riley out, someone's going to hit him. Someone it's, it's Yeah. And so uh, uh, Jay is on top of the hill screaming, trying to chase them. And we see from Mia's perspective, she's wheeling Riley down the hill and gets to the bottom of the hill right at, on the road. And he's still an old, weird man. She's not seeing Riley as he is. And then the ghost of her mother stands behind Mia and puts her hands, and we see her shredded nails, on Mia's shoulder and says, I am so proud of you. You're doing the right thing. <sighs> Do this and we'll have him forever. And of course, we as the audience know, we is not, you don't want we to no. have him. But again, if we're, if me is thinking this is my mother, like yeah. he'll be safe. We see from the perspective of a couple cars back, something flies in front of a truck and the truck veers and then the car that we're in veers off the road and hits a tree. And when we cut to like a sort of an overview of the road, it's not Riley's body. We see it's Mia. Mia has leapt into traffic. Rather than kill Riley, she has killed herself. Mm. But Allison, unfortunately, it is not over yet because we see Mia wake up and she sees Jade holding Riley like they, they're both safe on the curb. And she finds herself back in the hospital. And it's sometime later because he, she sees that Riley's getting discharged and his mm. like face is healed, you know, and okay. he's finally getting out. And she sees her father walking from their room down the hallway to the elevator. And Allison, she's calling, but no one can hear her. And she can't catch up to him. And slowly behind her in the hospital, the different rooms, all the lights start to go out. And she looks into a mirror and she doesn't have a reflection. Much like her reoccurring yes. nightmare. And when she looks down, all of her fingers are broken. Like her hands were run over. And we see Max get into the elevator, which I took to mean that this is literal and he did survive. Yes. He enters the elevator, the doors close, and as he does, the last light goes out in the elevator, plunging Mia into darkness. And she is truly alone until she sees in the distance somebody light a candle. And she goes to it. And as she approaches, she sees a hand reach out over it, and she takes the hand, and suddenly... She's sitting across from a guy at a party in Greece. And handmade to Greece. The handmade to Greece. But the guy says in English, I let you in. And Mia gasps. And the implication is like she is now gonna enter this body. The end. Whoa. Yeah. I really like the ending. It's yes. obviously a very downbeat ending, but I think yes. it's the, it, it, you, uh, to pull the it's punch the right of ending. this, it's the right ending. Yeah, because you do feel bad, but I'm like, this it, narratively is where we had to go. Yeah, it. we can't be like, anyway, and then everybody was fine. 
Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, and that I, which I, I, I hate to, I again, you know, I'm a, yeah, I know I'm a sour Sue, but that makes me think of like um, sour Sue, sc- Scream Six, where it's like, don't worry, all of the, all of your favorite character, favorite characters are still alive. It's like, right. well, some of them should have died. Some of them should have died. That's the point um, of this kind of movie. Allison, what are some fatal mistakes you think someone has made in the movie? Talk to me. Fatal mistakes. Uh, playing the hand game. Yeah, number one with the bullet, playing, yeah. uh, talking to that hand, doing any of that stuff. Doing any of it. And then also, like, not, like, once things were like, whoa, this is kind of, re-, like, to not, mm-hmm. like, bring up, like, oh, well, the last guy who did it, who we got it from, like, killed his brother and then himself. Like, that is, like, yeah. such a big piece of information that, like, it would be one thing if no one knew that, but people did know that. And yes. for that not to be disclosed, and for certain to have gone on as long and for as much to have happened before it got disclosed really feels yeah. um, bad. A hundred percent. And I, I do feel like the, the tone was really perfect because there was a level of um, believability in how stupid and young the teens are. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like sometimes, you know, we see a movie, or a screen being the example, where it's like, well, these are 30-year-olds and they're acting yes. mostly coherently. And this was a good example of, like, these are 16- and 14-year-olds who are just like, I don't know, somebody gave me it, and we are going to do it. And because they play it really realistically, one, it's scarier. And two, it's like, yeah, there is some dumbass who would do this and not ask, what is this? Or how is this possible? Or what happens, you know? And in that way, it's sort of like uh, The Ring or It Mm -hmm. Follows, where it's just Mm -hmm. sort of like, just if we're if we're teens, we're just we're just gonna Doing do it. We're gonna shit. put in. We're gonna put in the tape. We're gonna fuck each other, and then yeah. even knowing that there's a demon, you know. Um, also, do you see? There's it follows. There's gonna be a sequel. I did. Obviously, we I'm will be so doing excited. that movie when it comes out. Um. So yeah, I would say the main main flaw it, it was, of course, doing the talk to me. Yeah. Other than that, I feel like people were coming. They were coming up with ideas. Like everyone's like, "Okay, we got to try different things, trying yeah. to find solutions." Yeah, yeah. And then finally, where would you place "Talk to Me" on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I'm going to give this a six and a half. Oh, okay, great. I feel like there's a lot of scary here. And, like, part of that is because stuff is unknown, but then, like, some, like, it kind of not being explained at times. Like, sometimes that's scarier, but sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I feel like a little more information would have made this a little scarier. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I would say, I'm going to give it a six. I feel, I really enjoyed it as a film. 10 out of 10 enjoyment. I really appreciate it. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, But I think that there is, um, I think once we introduce the ghost of the mother, I think it was less scary to me and more interesting as a drama. You know, yeah. Interesting as like a story about tra- trauma. Trauma. Um, you know, like in a way that again, I I don't just because it's Australian doesn't mean I have to compare it to the Babadook. And yet, as a and yet here we are comparing it to the Babadook. Yeah, I feel like that movie to me was consistently scary because I really genuinely thought like. I never felt like, oh, Mia's, like, a really a danger. Whereas I think the Babadook is like, that mom could kill that kid any yeah, second, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 Like, there was a little too much safety and coherence to be really scary. But as a drama that is about this horrible thing that happened to, like, a teenager and how you deal with it and how that would make you susceptible to, 
you know, uh, the influence of a lot of different things, I really enjoyed it. But yeah. uh, but not but not super spooky. But then again, like the possession was uh, moments were really well done. I love the it's black a sad, eyes. Dark ending. Yeah, and again, the end that had it had to have had. Yeah, you know, that like was the it right truly. Ending. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I know we did. Yeah, that's um, a good one. And join us all month for more fun parties that we're going to see what yeah. happens at them. Um, and and um, we hope you are having, we hope you had a good Thanksgiving. We hope yes. you have a good November. Um, see you at five. We're going running. Um, yes. Please bring your three-legged coyote. Yeah. And yeah. Um, until next time, please keep, keep it spooky. spooky. Don't forget to follow us at Ruin Podcast and Crooked Media for show updates. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. Ruined is a Radio Point and Crooked Media production. We're your writers and hosts, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Leiby. The show is executive produced by Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, and recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. From Crooked Media, our executive producer is Kendra James, with production and promotional support from Ari Schwartz, Kyle Sieglin, Julia Beach, Caroline Dunphy, and Awa Okalati. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find?